Hello, welcome to the Swift Talk, a podcast where a certified Swifty, that would be me, Kate, attempts to convert a non-Swifty. That would be me, not so Swift Sam. Each week, we listen to a random Taylor Swift song and talk about it. We're coming to you from WSCA Radio, an independent radio station that's so much cooler than yours. In beautiful Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Today, we're kicking things off with... Long Live. So. Oh, God. Ah. Bop. Uh, mm. Bop. Closer than to McGraw to a blop. Bop. It's a blop. It's a blop. <laughs> a blop. I think it's a blop. Almost a bop. Almost a bop. That's good. This is progress for us. I guess so. We're, we're for me. I'm, I'm growing as a person. You're no. growing as a Taylor stan? No. Nope. Nope. Yeah. No. All right. I mean, it, now you walk in and people associate you with Taylor Swift. Ah. <sighs> This is not, mm, okay, you're, I'm held hostage. If you can help me, please. This is not how I want to be remembered. Send scotch. Send scotch, please. We'll drink. So let's talk about it. All right. What do you think? Well, I think that this was a song. Most of the song, all I could think about was if this was, if there was a music video for it, it's essentially just Rudy. And (laughs) it's like, everyone's cheering like Rudy. And like, there's two Rudy's, there's two Rudy's in this. And then they're both being carried together. And then one gets dropped and they're carrying the other person. Why are we dropping a Rudy? I feel like there was a big transition from like when we were great together to then like, remember when we were great because we're not together anymore. Like when they show you these pictures. If God forbid something happened, Taylor's forward moving. She likes to think to the future. What is, what is the future? We don't know yet, but if this could happen, she's prepared. So if one of them were to die, or one of them were to break up with the other. Let's back up a little bit. This song was a love song that she wrote to the whole team behind her. So this is her. So this is Rudy. This is Rudy. This is her third album, and this is coming off her second album, which changed her entire world. We're not at Fearless yet. We'll get to that era. Which one's Fearless? Is that four? Is that five? Two. Two. Fearless is two. So we've gone from debut, which we started with. Yes. Fearless is where she won her first four Grammys. Her album, her first album of the year. She's now at three. Fearless has been the real album that changed her world. She went from the sweet little country ingenue who opened a gaslight, played anywhere and everywhere, to opening for Tim McGraw, which is appropriate. That's the song. Yeah, it all comes back. It. Yeah. it all comes back. So now she's got this. She's a Grammy Award winner. Her chart topping singles she's doing really well and her whole world changed and she didn't go to college she didn't have that like that moment like a lot of people have she didn't rush a a sorority she wasn't in bama she didn't do bama rush which i'm obsessed with we'll get into but she went on tour and she was with these people and it was like going away to college or sleepaway camp or being on a travel team like this huge experience where her life changed and she grew up and some of the best times of her life happened during all of this some of the worst Kanye stormed the stage and she dealt with that but it was her coming of age and this is her writing a love song to the people who were there on that ride with her okay so this is yeah her literal team her yeah. the the roadies the drivers the, the musicians band, the bands the bands the backup dancers the backup dancers the people who were there. Could you imagine what it's like to go from playing the Gaslight in downtown Portsmouth, New Hampshire, to playing a stadium tour with Tim McGraw in the span of four years? I mean, I think less, actually. That's definitely huge, and especially considering the age, I would say that, that we've seen so many young celebrities, musicians, actors, performers, that if that were to happen, that skyward trajectory in less than three years, they burn out real quick. Yeah, or they make mistakes, mm-hmm. or they are surrounded by the wrong people. And here she is, so grateful to be on this ride, and so grateful to have all of this, that even if it ended today, she hopes everybody looked back 
in the future fondly. It's like an ongoing theme. So the future, according to Taylor Swift, is everything that's already happened in the past. Time is an endless circle just looping onto each other. I don't think that's true. I, I mean, we'll we'll talk time with Taylor. We'll ta- talk <laughs> you love time Taylor with time. Taylor. You Taylor love time. Taylor time. Taylor time. Taylor, just tell me what time is. She does. Endlessly. You're and still trying not to, at all. She told you. End of a decade, beginning of an age. Oh, right. That was a lyric. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had the time of my life fighting dragons with you. Kanye. That's literally Kanye. It's got to be. I, I'm gonna I let, don't know I'm that. I'm going to let you finish, but I don't think that that's <laughs> Kanye. I feel like that song happened. I feel like that lyric was written pre-Kanye. No, this, this album is post-Kanye. This is post-Kanye? This is post-Kanye. Damn. Third album. Kanye was album two. Is it weird that there are so many similarities between Taylor Smith? Taylor Swift and Con- Taylor Smith. Is it weird <laughs> that there's Swift. so many relationships between Kanye and Taylor Swift? Like we just said, we just established she did not go to college. One of his first albums. College Dropout. College Dropout. I mean, also both had very strong stage mothers. Mm-hmm. And we saw what happened when Kanye's mother unexpectedly passed. And the tra- trajectory that sent him on, which I think then propelled him into Taylor's path. Yeah. Because his mother never would have let that happen. No, 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 no. No, she wouldn't have. And like, he, I, I feel like that's something I'm not going to try. I'm not going to bash Taylor. I'm not going to praise Kanye. But both of them dealing with their own tragedies, their own, like her heartaches or her issues, like her mother's health. Like you can tell when there's, I'm guessing there's something that like uh, influences her in her life. Like, oh, I'm worried about my mom. She writes a song that shows that worry or that concern. He did the same thing. Like when he's going through his whole struggle with his mom's in the hospital, he's trying to help her out and he's struggling with him. One of his great lines on, a, I think it's late registration. He's talking about his whole family gathering in the hospital. So many aunties, we could have an IT team. Like it, it's it's <laughs> like there's there's a poetry that comes out of being so hurt or so out of control. Well, I think if we've learned anything from modern day Kanye, he is completely not dealt with his mother's death. And mm-hmm. he is just constantly looking for somebody to be mad at for it. Yeah, shoopity boopity boop. I yeah. mean, his presidential campaign in and of itself shows that this poor man needs someone. I think the level of fame that Kanye is at without a solid center, a solid anchor, has proven that Taylor Swift's mother, like this, these are two very different sides of the coin. And Taylor Swift's mom had done the same thing that Kanye's mom had done, protected, shielded, kind of kept the negativity away. And without her, he didn't know how to survive. And now Taylor is a full functioning adult worried about losing her mother. Right. And meanwhile, he's married into the kardashian family which Since is divorced okay good to know did not i i don't keep up with a lot of this stuff it's it's what i'm here for it's okay but you know essentially a a family dynamic that was be the center of focus and you will prosper see i think his reasoning for being part of the kardashian family was the strong matriarch that is chris jenner chris jenner will protect you at all costs i mean mostly because you make the industry work for her Christian right. industry works, but right, but like with Taylor, and like you see this the first incident where he rushes the stage and says, I'm gonna let you finish Taylor, but Beyonce should have won. Mm-hmm. There was a documentary on Netflix, and everyone starts booing, and poor Taylor is standing there thinking that everyone is booing because she won, and they're all agreeing with it's Kanye West at that period of Kanye West, yeah, and she's 19 standing on stage at VMAs front of millions and millions of people and all of the artists that she looks up to they're booing 
She doesn't know. And now you've got on the highest high and she just stumbles right down Mm -hmm. within the span of what, a minute and a half? Yeah. You are literally on a pedestal and someone just walked up and swatted you down. Kanye with his bottle of Hennessy just like shoves you Mm -hmm. down. And it was such a big cultural moment. We all talk about it still. All these years later, I'm going to let you finish. President Obama weighed in on it. Yeah. Oh, my God. That They're setting up for the interview, and they asked him, what do you think about Kanye West? And he's like, oh, what a... Like, there was... I think jackass. Oh, yeah. Okay. Also, language. Language. He said, oh, what a terrible guy. Exactly. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. So now... Fast forward, that was fearless. She's kind of gotten to work through it. She realized that they're not booing her. She's got another album out. She's now, this album was her first, I believe, I could be wrong, but her first headlining solo stadium tour or her first big tour all in Taylor World. And she's writing a thank you. It's a love letter, a thank you note to all of the people who celebrated with her that were there for her, that helped her make this happen. And even though like the world got wild, Mm-hmm she was able to kind of bring it back and be like, within this bus or within this group, we're okay and we're going to celebrate. And this is something, it's a once in a lifetime moment. Milestones like this definitely are huge. And sometimes when you're, if, if you are the, the star of the show, you have the stars that are just like, it is me, focus on me. This is great. This is why it's great. It's because of me. And then you have the people that are like, nope, it's been an ensemble this entire time. And all of these people should be taken about with me. That's more redeeming and likable and I can empathize with that more than I can just someone who's staying alone saying, I am, I am a rock. I am an island. Yeah. She, I mean, she's very collaborative, but this is also the first album she wrote completely by herself. So this song is just like a thank you to the producers, to the, she's written every song, but she's had co-writers. Okay. Yeah. You can tell I'm giving you that look right now. Yeah. If you can't get on the podcast, I'm like, wait, I thought you said Taylor wrote everything. She does have writing credit on every song, but she wrote this by herself. This is her first opus, I guess, for lack of a better But, I mean, it's one of those like pop rock anthems, stadium anthems. It's a feel good, empowerment, senior year, sorority rush. We're going to prom. All right, sorority rush. Sorority (laughs) rush. This is where you wanted to go. And I have been. I'm obsessed. For those of you who are listening when we release this, which is going to be a couple weeks. So this could be completely past dated and outdated. So I will keep this one quick. But Sam is mystified that I have fallen into sorority rush. TikTok. And all I could think of when I was preparing for today is how these girls are living this song. Uh, For those of you that are listening, uh, what Kate is trying to say is she has been holding me hostage uh, through mobile devices or whenever we're together. And it's it's gone from look at all these Taylor Swift TikToks, not even taylor swift content taylor swift tiktoks content about taylor swift can't relate to what that that means <laughs> but now it is uh bama rush which mm-hmm. is a bunch of 17 18 year old girls and maybe some of them 19 mm-hmm. trying to rush a sorority Several. in alabama which is a state and a it university. is hello everyone my name is sam and i'm currently wearing a t-shirt that i made for a two-year lived improv show i'm wearing shorts that i believe i bought last august that have a hole somewhere on them i'm not gonna tell you where tune in to find out i'm wearing socks that are probably eight months old i'm wearing shoes that my roommate gave me and a headphones from wsca hope i get into my sorority Jewelry's normal jewelry is normal i don't wear jewelry unattached that's how they know don't wear jewelry <laughs> don't want to confuse you with the necklace is this a uh, show on TikTok or is this a or a show oh. on like Netflix? So, Jason. I you. wish it was a Netflix show. And I wish it didn't exist. This is just content that people decided to make 
TikToks just to like, hello, my I'm streaming this now on my phone. And if people want to randomly find me or if they find something that's similar to this, you'll find my page and enjoy it. Kate ingests all of this two minute or less content the same way I would sit down and watch SpongeBob SquarePants the movie Better. for the 72nd time. Better. The same way I would watch Morgan Freeman combing his hair. Anyway, TikTok just populates your For You page. And I was randomly scrolling one day. And now I have been populated with not only these girls who are rushing and they're so sweet and so earnest and so excited to women my age being like, I don't know how I'm here, but I'm very excited to see if Haley and Emma and Michaela and Blake Ann get into their sororities. Most of them did. Michaela didn't, but that was a whole thing. And these girls were just random girls and they they were likable and they were so excited and their enthusiasm and just their pure joy was so hard like it was what i needed right now i didn't need to think about the world going up in flames literally and figuratively it's not about the delta variant it's not covid it's these girls whose whole life they hire recruitment coaches who i also now follow on tiktok oh my god but it's a big business like they go in with outfits planned for each day of rush crazy there's a store called the pants store it sells more than pants i don't know i need to go to tuscaloosa now i like i need to see this i need netflix to get on this i thought my brain was gonna melt more listening to this song but no my there's still enough left that my brain is melting hearing that there's a recruitment coach for a sorority I don't think she's cheap either. How much money do you need to... I'm sorry. This is weird to me. All right? I don't understand... A recruitment coach to get into a sorority? Are there recruitment coaches to get into fraternities? I, they're not on TikTok. I don't know. <clears throat> Maybe this is how... How old am I? Tell me how old you are without saying how old you are. I'll start. <laughs> In my day, there weren't recruitment coaches for a fraternity or sorority. Uh, factually inaccurate. You just didn't know about them. Sororities are big business in the South. We are in the North. We have absolutely no idea what happens down there. I pledge I'm a legacy. I don't have to be a legacy pledge. Doesn't matter if you're a legacy or not anymore. I know about fraternities and sororities through just a few things in my life, which is movies. I know about it through PSU, Legally Blonde, the trailers for The House Bunny, and revenge of the nerds which is not aged well at all that, that's that's the only in look i have into greek life there was also a tv show when i was in high school called greek life i watched that i did not <laughs> i have no idea i am very new i did not have any greek life in my college experience i i don't know how i ended up in bama tiktok i'm not mad about it but it's fascinating and what's really interesting is seeing these girls who have been bred to be a tri-delt have to open and expand their there's so many of them. It's like an old row, a new row. There's Budweiser. And just think, Taylor, if you were spending more time in math class learning about algebra than writing these wonderful songs, you too could have rushed a sorority. She would have been a great sorority girl. Just, just think, maybe some of these sorority girls are going to start listening to the, the Swift talk. Uh, I hope so. I'm all in on all of them. Poor Michaela got dropped from bids. Apparently, she was not a nice girl in high school and had several video or at least one video of her underage drinking. And that goes against sorority standards. And so she got dropped from all of her houses, even though she was the favorite child on the of the TikTok chart. Well, uh, our good friend who was in a sorority told us that the pledge week, especially there's no the three B's, no boys, no booze, no brands. Which I, after seeing these TikToks, was like, ooh, they, is this a North versus South thing? Or is this just something that's changed? I think in the South, it's just no boys, no booze. I didn't know who Kendra Scott was until now. But now I feel like I need to get some of her jewelry. 
Okay, I was going to say, is that a Taylor Swift like recording contributor or <laughs> is that something else? No, I just like, but as I'm watching these, I'm just thinking that these girls are like living the time of their life. Like these are the girls that are going to go through the rest of college with them. They're going to go through the ups, the downs, the breakups, the makeups, figuring out who you want to be as a full functioning adult and supposedly going to be their lifelong friends. And they just feel like for Taylor being on this tour and all the people around her, probably her lifelong friends, like this was her sorority moment. This was her moment. This was mm-hmm. the moment where she was finally surrounded by people who are going through exactly what she's going through. Different city, different mm-hmm. stadium, different tour, different moment. You know, she's performing at award shows. She's, she did um, Saturday Night Live, I think, in this time frame. Mm-hmm. She's just all of a sudden went from being a country music singer, like very sweet young girl, to Taylor Swift. There's a what? We all need this camaraderie in our in our lives. Yeah. We all need this group thing. I understand from just a little bit of my own experience, but from a lot of the other workers I've, uh, I've worked with, like told stories with uh, comedians traveling, especially solo perform- performers. You are waking up really early or you're not even going to bed and you're driving to the next gig. You are trying to get from state to state, from location to location. And it's tiresome just doing that. And then having to be on for your hour, two hours on stage and then do it again. But also it gets lonely. It gets incredibly lonely. So I understand wanting to have that. This is the team that helped me get their moment. These are my supports. Like you want that acceptance. You want that love. You want that camaraderie. Yeah. And sorority, fraternity life, sure. I did not pursue that, but I understand why people would want to be a part of that team. Like this is a team I want to be on. I think that's something that I have a little bit of trouble grasping with, and it relates to Bama, it relates to Taylor, is somebody who is on some that trajectory of we are in the post-dial-up era where social media content, where your whole life can be, and that's not just a live journal anymore. It is a anyone and everyone can see and tune in, kind of like what you did now. You stumbled onto Bama Rushing. People have stumbled into Taylor Swift when she was first coming out. People stumbled onto us this week. Perhaps we shall see. Well, well I mean, okay, okay. So now I know you're going, this is actually where I was going to go with this. You made one. You've made me my own Instagram account. I have. Which is what Inst- Instagram at, or is there no at? It well, it's just no. There's no, it's not Twitter. Is it all lowercase or is it, okay? It doesn't matter. So my Instagram account is not so swift Sam. Yep. I do not have which you can find the link in our bio, the Swift Talk. Follow us for fun content that Sam hates. I hates it. I don't hate it. I just can't understand. Okay. So I have no control over this Instagram in in a sense. I don't you you are the key holder to this Instagram. Yes. So, all of them. So there are moments you could be like, Hey Sam, look what I put on for you and I'll be like, Awesome, that's my face. I hate it. <laughs> or there'll be moments where you're like, Hey, we're gonna record this video real quick because I paid the bartender to play Taylor I Swift. I did not play the bartender to pay I did not pay, pay, to pay. The, That's a tongue twister. <laughs> I did not pay Allie at TJ's to play Taylor Swift. The song that I made you record for this video is already in the Okay. In the works. Okay, sure. I'll take your word for it. You've never lied to me before or led me astray. <laughs> so this song was just randomly in the queue, and you're recording this video, and I'm not loving it. And when I don't love something the way I try to love something is by making a joke about it or relating it to me. Because most of my things, like, if I can't contribute, I'll at least try to be funny and add humor. And so I'm listening to this song. Not really digging it. I know you love it. So I'm like, this is the part where she's... We were listening for... Those of you who are not fun of our 75 followers on the Swift Talk, <laughs> shameless plug here, 
we do have a deal with our very favorite Budweiser rep who we want coasters to help promote our show. And he said if we got to 50,000 followers in, in two, months. two months, he would think about it. Oh, yeah. It's definitely possible. So, Jimmy, we are working on it. But our 70 plus followers that we currently have, we love each and every one of you. You know, we put it out. I have this video of Sam and me discussing with our love story. Four thousand people in 12 hours 4,000 views 4,000 4, views. views in 12 hours and I don't understand that and so if I was with no real hashtags if I was a Taylor Swift in my day and all of a sudden I made a little silly thing I think there was they, when they remade gem and the holograms as a movie this is the entire premise was somebody put on a wig made a song and then like it spiked to two million people in two days I don't know I only watched the trailer but if this was me in my life and that was Taylor and I made something and all of a sudden boom and in a day, 10,000 people were like, yeah, I like this. That's life-changing. That's insanity. Yeah. And then it's pressure because do you top that video again? Do you make something else? Do you just coast off of that? And so you have a performer who's like, I made 13 songs. This album picked me up, touring around the world. All of a sudden, I've, been, I've performed in 30 states, and people like me, and then I make this deck work, and then I win, what, uh, album of the year and best female Album of the year, country album of the year. I think a couple songs won. There were four that she won. The amount of pressure that is on somebody to now go beyond that, do it again, reinvent that wheel. Mm -hmm. And then you have to still be the same, but you have to be different. You have to be edgy, but you have to be soft. You have to be, uh, I don't know, and another Alanis Morissette lyric. You have to be something that's not, it's just the the coal has to be pressurized to become a diamond. And Mm -hmm. now you are this diamond. And now you have to keep putting more pressure on this diamond to make it a better diamond that just breaks it. And that's... Well, and we see performers break all the time all the time yeah and i don't think people really talk about how that is i mean you were freaked out by four thousand views in 12 hours and we posted it at the wrong time for content could you imagine being taylor swift and having one like coming off 1980 fearless album of the year she goes into speak now we're at you know one of her songs gets a gets a nomination and wins then we go into red critically acclaimed fan favorite doesn't really do much 1989 she totally changes everything goes to pop music stands on her own two feet Mm -hmm. big awards and then we go into reputation nothing the highs and lows of like being so proud of the work and the album that you put out and having a random group of people that you don't probably know Mm -hmm. decide if you're good enough or not has to be throwing her for some loops like your fans are in your stadium stadium tours are selling out but the critics are yeah and then it's not only the critics like this is a profession there's just the trolls who I, jump on everything and we'll get to that in the reputation era and you're starting at from 13 you're going on about 50 reputation i'm gonna say is like the 14 year benchmark for 15 year no we're at 15 now okay. we're at 15 now okay and reputation was three albums ago mm-hmm. four albums ago and so she and that was like during kanye round two mm-hmm. taylor swift's canceled party which we will get to when we listen to taylor songs <laughs> from that era but the pressure that this poor woman is under constantly. She finally deleted her Instagram content. She started posting very specific, very curated content to be able to keep some of her life her own. Mm-hmm. So, And she stopped really writing now in where we are in present day. The songs really aren't about her anymore. Right. It's about something deeper, something beyond that, which is uh, I'm most writers or comedians, let's just say. You write your observations, your jokes, your whatever. And people like Carlin had to throw it away every year after they made their big special. And you have to keep writing, keep writing, keep writing, and go deeper every year and then not go back to it. 
where do you pull from? You have to keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. The thing that I'm relating this to a, a young adult who's going at this for 14 years, 15 years, who started in the mid 2000s. I don't always relate things to Taylor, but Bo Burnham is this another person, the same generation who started off becoming, uh, making comedy videos on YouTube. And he then started performing like live big shows in 2008, 2009. He's on TV. He's getting onto Parks and Rec. He's on HBO shows. He's trying to make his own shows. He had a show on MTV that was short-lived, and I saw him when I was performing in 2013 in Edinburgh's Colin at the Fringe Festival, and it was, I think it was What? I think his whole tour and album was called What? And he's doing this content, and then after a while, a few years go down the road, I'm like, oh, I wonder what he's doing. I haven't heard anything new from Bo Burnham. This past year, he releases his Inside Netflix special and album, which was essentially, he was going to make a Netflix special, the lockdown happened. He decided to keep filming in his uh, like one uh, room apartment, essentially, and making this content. And it just shows what was supposed to take a month of maybe of making content. The eight months became a year. And he's just him. It's like art reflecting life. It's showing his struggles. And he's telling everyone, oh, so this is what happened. Uh, I stopped performing about five years ago because I was having severe panic attacks on stage. And that's the worst place to have a panic attack yeah. as a performer. And so I thought, ooh, it's 2020, 2021. I'm feeling a lot better. 2020. Uh, I'm going to start making a, a special. And then it just shows him being like, I feel good enough to go out into the world. He literally can't go back out into the world. He's now recording from home. And he's you can't talk to your team anymore. You can't be with your Bama Rush people. Your, your viewers are through that window of a screen mm -hmm. and that how lonesome that can be and how terrifying that is to not have the people you need with you, but also know that you can't be with the people you need with you. Well, and I think we see that with Taylor too. She dropped Folklore, didn't even tell her record company that she was doing this until the week it was ready to come out. Mm -hmm. And I think the impact that we're going to start seeing on these artists who have been isolated for so long and the artists who are trying to come back in a post-pandemic world because what do live shows look like? Yeah, it's... it's. Are you going to have stadium, real stadium tours anymore? Mm -hmm. How do we know if we get to that point? Yeah. How, are we past that? I mean, I hope not. I, mean, I do I do too. But I haven't been back to a concert. Same. <sighs> These poor artists. Will Kate and Sam be able to go to a concert again? Well, let's <laughs> put that on the shelf until we can find a concert we want to go to together because obviously we have problems Definitely. agreeing on music sometimes. So we hope you really enjoyed the Swift Talk today. We hope you did not tune out when we st I started on my Bama Rush, but I appreciate being able to talk about it. Well, I'm going to get uh, the dice ready. What we do essentially every episode is we roll at the end. We figure out which album and song I have to endure. And Kate will explain everything of. <laughs> While I'm pulling that up, do you want to plug, shamelessly plug some of our... I would love to shamelessly plug. You can follow us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple Music, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at The Swift Talk. If you follow those, you'll find both of our information in there as well. Feel free to follow us. We're not as interesting as the podcast, but <laughs> together we're pretty funny, I think. And we have all sorts of content coming out. You can watch me for Sam to listen to Taylor Swift songs at different bars around town. Again, thank you, Allie, for always being a willing participant. And Sam, are you ready to roll those dice? I'm ready to roll these dice. All, all right. right. Nine albums. Nine albums. So rolling out if I get a 10, we'll go back. You roll. Ooh, first number is three. Oh, we're back and speak now. Okay, this is okay. This is where we are again. We're back and speak now. Um, All right, one through fourteen. One through fourteen. Six. Mean.
Mean. Mean. Mean. Mean. Mean. <laughs> We're doing Taylor Swift Mean from Speak Now. <laughs> All right, everybody. Oh. On, on behalf of the Swift Talk. I am not so swift, Sam. I'd love to thank our producer, Jason, for all the assistance today. Uh, thank you, Kate, for pushing the microphone further into my face because I have a hard time keeping still or talking into this bad boy. Sam is learning how to podcast, and our ever-gracious producer, Jason, gave us a big pep talk about it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Swift Talk. We'll see you next week with Mean. Mean. Mean.